0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
1: Well, might as well pour some more in here. Doing some vino tonight. I actually have been drinking beer again, by the
0: way.
1: Oh, yeah? Hey, yeah, I got right. my balls back. Is that why the beard's coming out even more beautiful today? I got, I got my balls. My skin is glowing.
0: Hey yo. Welcome into another edition of the TFA Dino Show. I am your host, Robbie Jeffries, here with one Tom Corson. Yes, that is right. He is back baby. Back baby. Tom, welcome back. Welcome to all of this craziness that that you haven't really missed but we haven't been able to share and discuss that is free agency
1: yeah no i've been monitoring obviously like any sane person does because who wants to do anything else except watch nfl free agency uh but yeah no sorry i missed last last week was that that was last week i believe but we uh, just
0: Yep. We couldn't get on the same page. You know, you were yep. free one day. I was free another. You know, I told the folks on the last episode, you know, it's not, it's not him. It's not me. It's just, it's just us. And it's, it's we're back now. We're back on our chemistry and we all hate Bill Belichick.
1: Yeah, we do. Seriously. Um, I, I've always kind of wanted to punch him in the face. He's got like a, a punch, you know, a hate the face kind of thing. Like, when I watched him after the Super Bowl, the way he kissed his daughter, I kind of wanted to punch him in the face. I Like, I send it to my Patriot friends uh, or my Patriot fan or my friends that are Patriot fans. That's a tough one to say. Try and say it. Figure it out. Um, yeah, I send that picture every now and again just because I'm like, yeah, I, I hate your coach and I want to punch him in the face. And I don't think I've ever wanted to punch him in the face more than this free agency session after he goes out and he signs Janu we are so excited. We're like, oh my god, it's happening, Janu. Yes, uh, everybody has been basically either mocking uh, a tight end to uh, New England or predicting them as a you know a tight end target for free agency or trade target, whatever. Since Gronk, Gronk left, we get one, and then the next day, we get Hunter, fucking Henry, going there too. We get another one. Huh? Yeah. And another one. And that was just so deflating. I remember I was at work when I saw it. I went, you got to be shitting me. Like, that was the first thing I said. I said it out loud. It's like, you serious? Like, you just take all the wind out of your sails. So it was like, all right, cool. We have these good landing spots and it's gone. So I don't know what I'm doing with those two. Do you know what you're doing with those two?
0: Uh, just kind of staying away. <laughs> I think Bill Belichick, uh, watched a lot of Narcos, um, you know, <laughs> over this off season and he thought he was just this drug Lord hoarding all of this money, which the Patriots do have. And he was like, you know what? I don't care what happens to it. I'm going to buy some race cars. I'm going to buy some bikes. We're going to, we're going to do some dirt bike racing. And he is just blowing money on Kendrick Bourne's, Nelson Aguilar's Hunter Henry's and Janu Smith's. Uh, it doesn't matter what comes in, as long as the money goes out. They've been spending that cheddar.
1: Yeah, he's just breaking motherfuckers out of jail at this point. Like he's 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 doing the whole tunnel into prison kind of thing, and mm-hmm. and breaking Aguilar out of like you know Raiders Purgatory or whatever. And he's just throwing crazy money at him. And then the, the next couple of days, we get other. Wide receiver contracts, and we're all just kind of giggling when Will Fer- or Will, I'm sorry, Will Farrell, Jesus Christ, Will Fuller signs for like ten million dollars, and Ags is over here getting thirteen. Like Bill, what are you doing? I understand. The one good thing is that he find he recognized that Cam can't throw the ball longer than fifteen yards, so we have to get wide receivers that are going to clog the middle. That being said, they have to get somebody to stretch the field.
0: Yeah, no, they absolutely do. Uh, So for anyone who has not figured out what we are talking about tonight, it will be um, kind of wrapping up free agency. I know I did the quick pod last week, kind of giving everybody an intro to some of the signings that we had thus far, but we need Tom's perspective. We need this back and forth because I know we don't agree on every single player in their dynasty value as we move forward. So, you know, Tom, kind of starting off how we did, you know, with those tight ends and, and the New England situation, let's let's flip that script. Let's get a little bit more positive up in this place for the listeners and talk about a signing that you enjoyed. What's something that brought a smile to your face?
1: Uh, well, you know what? It happened the, the other day. Uh, Mike Davis signing with Atlanta is a really low-key one, and I really liked it because I traded him for a second-rounder within two hours. So, and that was, it's a home league. It was pick 16 overall. It's not a super flex league, but that's pretty good. And then also on the flip side, if you're buying Mike Davis, you're getting a starter right now. There's no competition there. So unless they buy a running back in the second round, I don't necessarily think there's going to be a whole lot there. So if you need a flexor starter, Mike Davis is a good one to go out um, and actually get. I like that one. Um, I liked Corey Davis going to the Jets as well. Will Fuller, I, I've always liked Will Fuller, and now he's you know going to actually be somewhat of the guy in Miami. I'm more excited uh, for Tua than anything because now you have Fuller to stretch the field. Uh, that's going to be for Tua. Uh, it's going to open things up underneath for Gasecki, which I don't know if you know this, but I kind of like Mike Gasecki, Robbie. Um, so I was excited about that one uh, for the Dolphins. Uh, and I'll be really interested to see if they still wind up uh, drafting a wide receiver early first or second round, too. But what are some of the ones that you liked? Or you can, you know, tell me I'm wrong about whatever.
0: No, I think this is let's start with some of those names you hit, because it's, it's great to say I like this move. I like this move. Um, but let's give some context to to dynasty uh, owners out there. And let's just start with Mike Davis. You said you liked the move and then you went and sold them for a second. And I think that's the move I would make too, because if you look at that roster, that running back room with uh, Brian Hill, Quadriolison, uh, now Mike Davis, it's probably going to be uh, a situation where somebody comes in. I don't know if that's second round, first round, probably not first, right? But uh, if that's early in the draft or later, but I feel like that room isn't complete yet. And so if if you have Mike Davis farther down, you know, you obviously started him in, in place of CMC, but no one was kind of buying it. They all thought CMC was eventually coming back. He never did, right, uh, or at least not for long. Now it might be that time where people are backing on him. Okay, he had a good year last year. He isn't old, old yet. He's probably 28, 29, and, and so I think that's a good move how you flipped him for a second. Um And and that's kind of what I said on on last week's pod for some of these wide receivers talking about Corey Davis, talking about Will Fuller, talking about Curtis Samuel. I'll throw his name into the mix, too, because I do like a lot of these signings, but I don't know if if their fantasy value stays once we get to August. Right. Like, for example, I'll just talk about Curtis Samuel for a quick second. He's a guy that that I think fits really well with Ron Rivera um, in in this, this system coming from the Panthers. But you look at Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick's still there. We know he's going to get targets. Curtis Samuel with a three-year, $34.5 million deal is a hot name right now that people think is just going to crush in fantasy. And I think this is a time where you can say, hey, these guys are hot for Curtis Samuel. I'm going to move him late first, early second, because I don't think you're going to be able to rely on him for more than maybe – four or five weeks unless there's injuries or something like that. And that's just one example. I could say the same for Corey Davis, uh, Will Fuller. That's maybe a little bit different of a story, but I've never been a big Will Fuller guy. You just can never trust him for 16 weeks. And, and so th- those are some of my thoughts is that I like a lot of these free agent signings, but I like them more for a sell high moment.
1: So Curtis well. Sam is a really interesting one because everybody really likes them. Uh, they love the move because they don't have a wide receiver too, obviously. Uh, what, I think he does, though, is he also bites into J.D. McKissick's targets, obviously. We saw what he was doing, you know, when Gibson was out and everything. I think he had a game where he had 13 receptions. Um, So I think Curtis Samuel is going to steal a lot of that, and he's going to be the wide receiver, too. So Curtis Samuel alone as a wide receiver is not going to, you know, sustain a lot. When he gets five to seven, you know, manufactured touches out of the backfield, that's where he makes his money. So – Um, I I like Curtis Samuel. If you're going to sell him for a first, do it after the NFL draft. So, you know, the landing spots and you have a better idea of, okay, I really like the first round this year because in every single year, it always feels like, okay, we love all these players. And then the draft hits and four guys wind up in ideal spots. Somebody always moves up just ridiculously uh, because of their landing spot. And everybody else is either like, eh, or whatever. So, Make sure if you're going to do that move for a first that you know those landing spots and it's not like outside of your range where um, you're going to be pissed off if you, if you did it.
0: Yeah, I, I like the, the thought of who to move before the draft and who to move after the draft because we brought this name up earlier when you talked about who's throwing the ball to all these new Patriot um, wide receivers and tight ends. And this is a guy that I think He gets, he gets resigned by the Patriots, not a huge deal, but incentives to become, you know, a a near $14 million uh, deal with if he plays all 16 games and he, and he reaches some other incentives and that's Cam Newton. This is a guy that I feel like if you sold him before the draft, you you're getting pretty good value. But if something happens in the draft, they, they draft Mac Jones, they draft somebody early or something like that. He seems like he could lose a lot of value or on the flip side, if they don't take anybody He's kind of a locked in guy for 16 weeks. They're not starting anybody else on that roster. He feels like a guy that that might be better sell after the draft. Curious on your thought on, on that risk versus reward. Is Cam a guy that you're looking to sell pre-draft or post-draft or just hang on to him?
1: I would move him as soon as he possibly can because it seems like Bill's been on a rampage this offseason, uh, which he has been. And the one place where he hasn't gone nuts is quarterback, where he just brought Cam back for one year, 5.1 million dollars. Can't really make more than $7 million, or was it, 13.6 if he hits all of his <laughs> right? Yep. So that's just, that's not a lot for a quarterback at all. He's not the quarterback of the future. This is obviously a veteran quarterback to actually compete for a playoff spot this year. That's what Cam's there for. Um, I think they have a plan to go out and and get a quarterback. I think they're going to trade up. Uh, If they're reading the board and they don't think they have to move up for, say, a Mac Jones, then who knows. But if they (laughs) – Patriots don't make splashes, like big splashes like this. I mean, a couple years ago they signed uh, Steph Steph Gilmore. But other than that, like they really don't do a whole lot. So I I feel like there might be more coming. And everybody's talking about Mac Jones. What if they go out and they they get Trey Lance? And he sits behind Cam for a year.
0: You know, that's definitely a possibility. Um, I'm curious what that trade-up cost them. And and like you said, this isn't a team that makes splashy moves a lot. That's why I guess I'm kind of off of that narrative. Now they definitely could. But I guess that's maybe why... I talk myself for, for so I'm talking with J Mike right now in one of our leagues about moving Cam and, and another piece to his team uh, to get some wide receiver help. And we're going back and forth on Cam's value because I'm more of the mindset that if they don't take Mac Jones, Cam was a top, he was a, a QB one last year. He's a top 12 QB. He was a QB one for eight of his 16 weeks. And that was with nobody around him. If you're telling me I can get Cam Newton in a super flex for 16 weeks in 2021. This guy should absolutely fetch you a first-round pick. And it, sure, you're right; he's not the long-term option. But I, I, again, we go back to the draft. Like you're saying, it seems like it's a risky proposition because if they do take somebody, it's kind of sunk because you got him for maybe six to eight weeks before they turn to the rookie in the first round, or y- you know, you have him for 16 weeks. There's a there's a back and forth, and I'm, I'm just a little nervous with that. But I, I I'm I'm definitely of the mindset that if he is there and there's no other big competition around him. He's going to be a QB one again, probably better than last year.
1: I don't know if they, so if they take a rookie in the first, even if they trade up for him, it doesn't mean they have to start him. Yes. They they brought him back to start. And if he's doing well, then they're going to keep playing him. And they brought in pieces to actually play to his strengths. As far as the 12 personnel, they might run Mm -hmm. more often. Um, you have the wide receivers there that are good across the middle. Aguilar is probably going to play on the outside because they have no one else, but you're going to see a lot of crossing routes with him. That's what he was really strong at. Um, they brought in the other <laughs> Kendrick Bourne. These, are, these contracts are ridiculous, but they can do all of the same thing. So they're interchangeable pieces. Um, so that's going to be really interesting just to see what they do. But I think, I think Cam is going to stick with those pieces they brought in, even mm-hmm. if they draft a rookie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm really interested to see how that shakes out. Um, I think it d- depends on how risky you want to get. I think he's definitely, if you can get the right, right. Uh, deal for him pre-draft, he should hold some value. Again, he was a QB one, which a lot of people forget. Remember how he looks for fantasy, not always how he looks, um, you know, for NFL circles, you so know, what
1: gets him off your team to, to J Mike, what are you asking for? What's the so holdup we- in that deal?
0: The the holdup is, is we do um, it's like bar tab league that you're in. So this is a, uh, a bankroll league, which means for those who have never played in a bankroll league, we don't have picks. We have um, rookie stipends based on your finish. So you get a stipend. If you were the first overall team, you won the league, you get the least amount um, in rookie dollars. If you were 12th in the league, you get the most money. And then everybody in between gets a certain amount. Um, And we're, trying to discuss like where his value fits in. And right now we're kind of deciding between, uh, I, th- I think I'm more of the early second um, range and he's more of the, the late second range. And so that's a difference of about $50 that we're kind of discussing right now. And it's just hard to move quarterbacks in a super flex. And I think that's the big thing that I'm hesitant on is I don't want to sell him for a late second and get back a, um, you know, who are some rookies going in the late second right now, Diami Brown super uh, flex DeWallis. I want to be
1: in Superflex I want to be like 16 or above to mm-hmm. guarantee me one of those guys. So if, if you can get money like that, then I would do it. I think that works for both of you. And honestly, splitting the difference on that trade makes a ton of sense.
0: Right, right. And so this is where I'm kind of playing the game a little bit. I feel like I want to wait till post-draft because I feel like that, that value skyrockets. On the other side, it could uh, uh, sink if they do draft a quarterback. But that is enough talk on Cam. Let's keep this train moving a little bit. I think we got to talk about some of these big wide receivers because they—they they were the guys that we were waiting to fall, waiting for the shoes to drop, and they finally did after a while. Um, well, right away, I guess some of them did with the franchise tags with Chris Godwin and Allen Robinson. But the big one that took a little while to drop—the uh, big two, I should say—Kenny Galladay and Juju Smith-Schuster. One going to the Lions, or excuse me, going to the Giants. And Kenny Galladay, and one staying home in Juju. You know, give me your thoughts on both of those landing spots, uh, and, and what you think it does to their value.
1: First off, Juju staying absolutely just destroys his value. I, I was so confused with him staying. I, I don't, I didn't get it. Did Did you understand? I understand. Like he loves the city, but he gets apparently better offers from KC, better offers from Philly in a multiple uh, multiple year deal. And who's the other team? Baltimore. Apparently it was uh one year thirteen mil. So he was going for a one-year deal, which completely makes sense from his point of view. So the, the one thing I think he did do right is take a one-year deal. Next year the salary cap's gonna, you know, inflate a lot. Um, because you know, COVID's gonna be hopefully over and that they just did the TV deal, so it's gonna go up a lot. So wide receiver markets are gonna be better off. Um, and be honest, he didn't have a great year at all. But I don't know how he's going to go out there and prove his, you know, his worth as far as, you know, getting a ton of, I was about to say he's not going to get a ton of targets, but Pittsburgh went out there and threw the ball a million times. So that's the other narrative we have to think about. It's just how effective is Juju going to be with Claypool and Deontay there. So with Claypool stepping up, I I don't know. Juju is probably the wide receiver three on that team for me. And I don't know if it's Mm even, close at
0: them yeah I, I don't love it either they, they do throw a lot which is nice I know there's a new offensive coordinator coming into town I'll be honest I haven't read up on what type of offense he normally runs uh, but there could be some changes there they did a lot of short stuff when when before they were down the field but with Ben's arm coming off the elbow surgery it seemed like there was a lot of short routes if you look at the yards per catch the a dot for both Deontay Johnson and and Juju, you saw that they were getting not very deep targets. You know, it's interesting, Tom, because we 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 rag on Juju's season a little bit. And I think it's kind of unfair because he was a top 25 in points per game. And he was a top 16 wide receiver it, it, at the end of the season ranking, which you can't always go by end of season, right? It's how they helped you on a week-by-week week kind of basis. But, you know, I don't think he was as bad as we remember. It's just with three of them there, right? That three number is something that we get scared by, especially when we have an ascending star in Chase Claypool. Cause you, you know, me, I, I am big on Chase Claypool. It sounds like you are as well. So I definitely think he takes a step forward and that means something has to give, right? Is it Deontay Johnson? Is it Juju? Do they all three kind of cannibalize each other? It, it's not great, but again, it's one year. So if you're looking dynasty, he's still a young asset. What's Juju 20, 25, 90.
1: 25. Yeah. And the other thing with Juju is it, it was the expectations we had of him based on his first two years. Like I, I almost want to blame him for setting himself up for, <laughs> right? Like, there why'd you, you do that? Why'd you do that? It's your fault. Come on, man. Um, like AB leaves, everybody says, okay, this he's going to be the guy. And then he's not immediately a top five dynasty wide receiver. Like people wanted him to be. And you know, everybody's off the boat, but it's almost it's more of a contractual and personal like what are you doing why i understand he's attached to pittsburgh but he goes to kc it's different he goes to baltimore and they were trying to pay him 5 million dollars more and he turned that down like that's bonkers the eagles were trying to pay him I don't know what it was. It was a multi-year deal and they paid him more. They were trying to pay him more than anybody. I do not blame Juju for not going to the Eagles because they're a fucking train wreck. Piece of shit, Howie. Fuck yourself. Um, I got to do it in every show, Robbie. It's my thing. Every Uh, time. Every time. But yeah, so temper expectations on Juju and he might be a... A buy if you can get them cheap enough. I'm not sure what that is because I haven't even looked into buying him. But moving on to t- Kenny Galladay, you know what? I love it for Daniel Jones because he actually has a wide receiver to play on the outside. Because the only thing they've they've ever had was slot wide receivers: Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, uh, you know Evan Ingram. Count him as a wide receiver. Uh, I'm missing somebody. Who am I missing? Slayton. Oh, Slayton. Also, well, he played more on the outside, but. I still think of him more of an, an inside guy. Um, so it's cool for that aspect. I'm not sure exactly what it does for Galladay's fantasy value because Matt Stafford is obviously better than uh, Daniel Jones. But at the same time, if <sighs> – here's the thing. With Daniel Jones, we haven't seen him do it yet because he hasn't had an alpha like that. But typically when you get an alpha wide receiver – young quarterbacks lock onto them and give them a shit ton of targets. So if that happens in this case, he's going to be, uh, you know, back-end wide receiver one, you know, high-end wide receiver two, just because of the volume that he should get. Um, So that is, you know, really exciting for Galladay. But he got Galladay, or he got volume in Detroit too, so I'm not sure exactly. I I don't know. That's a really tough one to read for me. You're the Galladay stand, so why don't you tell us?
0: Yeah, are they both still inside your top 25 wide receivers? And to help you answer that question, I'll right. give you a couple of uh, names that are probably going around them. Cooper Cup or either of these guys?
1: I'll take I'll take Galladay over him.
0: Okay, Michael Thomas or either of these players?
1: I'll take Michael Thomas just because I want uh, Jameis to go in and throw in a million targets a game.
0: Brandon Cooks or either of these guys?
1: Juju is below the, both of these guys. Galladay is. Who was the last one? Sorry.
0: Brandon Cooks. Galladay. So Juju's you're, you're under you're him. keeping Okay. So, yeah, you're a little bit higher on Galladay um, and, and a little bit lower on Juju, but they're, it looks like they're kind of falling into that. Let's do one more. OBJ.
1: Hmm. Uh, I think I have OBJ last there. Galladay's the highest on them.
0: Okay. Okay. So you have you have Gall you have Galladay still within your top twenty-five, it sounds like. It sounds yeah, so like you right, do.
1: DJ- so right now Gall Galladay's not gonna drop under my top twenty five, at least before the rookies include until we include the rookies. Right. Um right now I was actually tinkering with my rankings today, didn't get to wide receivers. I would probably put Galladay 23.
0: Yeah, I think that's about um, where I have him. Um, you know, and I think that's that's what we need to kind of land on is that even though I think the situation might be a little bit of a downgrade from the previous spot, he's, he's still a top 24 wide receiver. And if people are down on the landing spot – You know, I think this is a a good opportunity to go and get him because he is a little bit older. I'll give him that, but this is a guy that is is dynamic when he gets the ball, and he doesn't need the ball a ton, right? He is a down the field touchdown scorer. Might only get sixty five receptions, but will have eleven hundred yards and potentially eight touchdowns. And I think that type of wide receiver, even maybe from a Daniel Jones who's a little inconsistent at times, I think is a, is a wide receiver that I'd like to have. Um, so I'm 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 good with with Gallaudet still, even with this change of scenery. And then with going back to Juju real quick, he's still so young for me that I'm not getting off the bandwagon until I see him absolutely fall off the cart. And so if he's the cheapest of all those uh, Steelers wide receivers. I'm going to take him because any given week, he might be the number one guy. Claypool might be three. Deontay Johnson might be number one. Juju might be number two. I think they rotate. Big Ben threw it an average of 40 times last year. Insane amount, right? Mm
1: -hmm. And their
0: defense just got worse. They couldn't resign everybody. So I just feel like they're going to throw a lot again.
1: Yeah, so Juju is a hold for me. Like I might go out and buy him because the perception is that he's going to be cheap. But if you own Juju, especially if you own Juju since he was a rookie, you're not selling him at his current price point unless you get more than, you know, what whatever the market value is. I have to go on and, and see what some of the trades were for him. But I think he's more of a hold than anything else because, again, he didn't sign a three-year deal or a four-year deal. It was a one-year deal, and he's still 24, 25 years old. So. We'll see what goes on. Hopefully Ben stays healthy and he can actually, you know, not have some shitbag bag thrown balls to him.
0: Tom, let's talk running backs. I'll, I'll kind of, of open it. Speaking yeah. of
1: shitbags,
0: bags. I'll <laughs> open it up to you. Go where your heart desires in this running back free agency class.
1: All right. So Aaron Jones stayed put, and that made me very happy. Chris Carson stayed put. That also made me very happy. I have zero shares of Carson. I think I have two shares of Aaron Jones. Um, Aaron Jones is going to fall in a tier with Montgomery, Zeke, Gibson, and Joe Mixon. And I think CEH is on the back end of that and probably James Robinson. So that's pretty good. Um, He didn't hurt his value at all. I think everybody was hoping that he would go to Miami. Um, but I don't know if Miami would have been been a better spot for him, to tell you the truth. Uh, we talked about it before. I think our second show we ever did was, I said, breaking news, Aaron Jones is still good at football. You know what I mean? Yep. He's, he's good. And then the debate was, okay, if he gets a bigger workload, will he be more effective? Because we don't really know because it hasn't happened. And, you know, you have Williams, he leaves. And now we have A.J. Dillon to deal with. So I think you're still going to see somewhat of, you know, a committee. Aaron Jones is still going to be leading it. I think we're going to see like a 65-35 about-ish. You know what I mean? But guess what? 65% of Aaron Jones in that offense, it's pretty damn good, man. And I honestly think whatever your ranking is on Aaron Jones, no matter what, he's going to outproduce it. Just because we have certain biases against him.
0: Yeah, th- I th- that is a perfect way to end that that entire epiphany, right? Uh, on on Aaron Jones, right. right? Yeah, it is. Is he won't ever be have the value or the ranking of where he finishes because again, we go back to to Chris Carson as well draft pedigree, and then for Aaron Jones, he doesn't get the full workload, so everyone's always a little bit worried about him. But now he has this new contract, his guy that he's splitting past catching work with leaves town. Now he has AJ Dylan. Like you said, probably gets a little bit more red zone work than Aaron Jones does. But if you're talking, he's going to jump up to 75 targets, finally crosses the threshold of 50 receptions in a season. He was running back to 2019. He's running back five in 2020. What's to say he's not a top. I don't know. Why would we, why would we lower him? Right? Why would we lower him? Let's do it just for fun. Top seven running back. Like I don't see any it's, reason why he's outside of that. So I, I'm not going to rank him weird. like that, right? Are we going to yeah, rank no, him like
1: that? We can not for whatever reason. You you people don't have the balls right now to draft him above Saquon or Cam or Dalvin or Jonathan Taylor. You're definitely not ranking him above CMC or Kamara. Um, so that puts him at seven. And then you have that tier of Chubb, Sanders, Swift, Jacobs, and then you have Henry and Dobbins and uh, that tier that I mentioned. So. Mm-hmm. It, you start throwing age into the fact that he might only have three good years left just because running backs and whatnot. And the next thing you know, production is going to, you know, outvalue um, whatever their, you know, production or production, their, their trade value is not going to match up with their production. And that is when you need to buy those guys like Julio Jones three years ago. Everyone was like, okay, he's going to be on a down slope because he's getting up there. No, you you go out and you buy guys like that because they're going to win you games and everything. Um, Except when he dies, like he did this year. Um, But uh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I I digress. But Aaron Jones, he's so tough to move because you're not going to want to get what you want for him because of the value. And it's just he he's great. He's a great player and you're never going to probably get him on your team. If you don't own him, unless you overpay as far as consensus. You know what I mean? Yep.
0: These are two players I have in in a lot of leagues. And actually Aaron Jones is part of the piece that J Mike is is trying to get back uh, on his team. Cam Newton and Aaron Jones are the two players he's trading for. Uh, Oddly enough, Kenny Galladay is one of the players he's offered me. And and I've been trying to trade that uh, uh, upgrade that I should say to a Rob. So this is the trade that that I actually posed to you, Tom. It was Kenny Galladay and Rojo for Aaron Jones. And you were on the Aaron Jones side, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, I'd want a little bit more back just because of the production. We don't know where Galladay is going to wind up landing. And, you know, the Rojo show goes on and we're going to continue to watch it. He's gonna be. He, I bet you he's gonna be like Frank Gore, where he's in the league to like thirty-eight, but he's never the guy, and everybody's just waiting for him to break out. This is his age thirty-five breakout. That's what Robbie's gonna be saying in you know, ten years, right?
0: So, so, so that's kind of where, though. yeah, that's kind of where we're at. And then I've tried to upgrade that to Alan Robinson. He hasn't gone for that. So then we got Cam Newton involved, and it's just been a little bit of a back and forth. But yeah, these two players are players that I have a lot of shares of. So I was happy when they both resigned with their teams. Chris Carson, especially because the only other team I would would have been excited to see him go to was Arizona. I, I do think Arizona still adds a back um, now that Chris Carson has stayed in Seattle, but that's that's where I think he's going to make his bread and butter. I don't think Seattle goes out and tries to use high capital on a, on a running back. They have Penny back there. They have Travis Homer. They have DJ Dallas. I think they're probably set at the running back room. And that means you can run back Chris Carson for another one, maybe two seasons, and that's I think that's just great for what he is as a player. You're never going to be able to trade him because just like Aaron Jones, he always finishes higher than where he gets drafted. And so if he's on your team, he's just going to be on your team because he finishes better than what you would trade him for.
1: So I agree. I'm, I'm going to move on here a little bit, just trying to ask you a question like completely off the cuff. If you are a contender, which I'm sure you are in at least one league because, you know, you have a podcast and they are <laughs> important. <laughs> I want a Give
0: league. I, I want a league. Yeah, I, I, I do okay.
1: <laughs> I'm surprised you don't have, like, the amount of trophies of leagues that you've won in your, like, little uh, your Twitter thing. I, I see it in there. Every time I see it, I crack up a little bit. It's like eight-time fantasy football champion at life. What's up? Let's uh, go. It, cra- it cracks me up. Um, but uh, who's, a, who's a veteran that signed? that you can go out and get out of all these like free agents that have moved on that you're going to acquire. Now we're talking like Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jared cook, and you can say it's a tight end premium, whatever. Andy Dalton, Rashad Perryman. They literally have nothing to throw there. Or, you know, Jared Goff has nothing to throw to, you know, pre-draft. So you have Perryman, um, Kenyan Drake basically died, so we're not even going to include him. Josh Reynolds is another good one. But out of, out of all the guys that have moved on, who do you want to buy as a contender because you think you can get them and they're going to start for you? Flex, wide receiver three, whatever. They're just going to outpace their value and trade.
0: Yeah, yeah, a lot of good guys to get if you're a contender. I'll just start off with Chris Carson. You know, we were just talking about him. I think that's a great name. But moving past him, um, you said one of the names, Jared Cook. Now, Jared Cook is a guy that comes in for the Chargers, replaces Hunter Henry. They have Donald, Donald Parnum there, but I don't think he's going to do you know a lot there. I think it's going to be Jared Cook honestly filling a lot of the role that Hunter Henry had. And when you when we always would rank Hunter Henry, we would rank him like a top-five guy, and he just never got there for us. And I was the one always driving that conversation. Hunter Henry needs to be a top-five guy year after year. And I'm finally off that bandwagon. And when I see Jared Cook come in, I'm, I think – Here's a guy that's decently athletic. I know he's older, but he's probably equally as athletic as Hunter Henry was. He's a smart tight end. He knows how to to produce well in the red zone with a good quarterback. Why can't he do exactly what Hunter Henry did or at worst 85% of what he did? And he's absolutely cheap with his age. So that's one guy. And then the other guy I'll throw out is a guy that I've had on a team that actually won the, the, the league this year. Uh, I don't have my first. I don't have my second. I, I kind of sold the farm to get that championship. Uh, one of the that's okay. One sometimes of the you have to
1: Trade. Sometimes you have to trade second and third round au- auction dollars for Travis Fulgham.
0: Yes. Oh, I'll bring it home, baby. Uh, not yeah. Referencing one of our trades, uh, yeah. I did trade a first and second for David Montgomery and Darius Geis, uh preseason. <laughs> so I'm um, kind of. My first round pick, you know, with, with Dave Montgomery, uh, worked well, second round pick flush that down the drain. But uh, a couple years ago, I got Brian Fitzpatrick for a late third and Brian Fitzpatrick has just kind of balled out for me as a QB three, whenever I've needed him, you know, he got spot starts, uh, you know, two or three seasons ago, and then he got spot starts two years ago. And then the first six weeks of the year last year, he was the QB eight Tom. So he was absolutely a starting quarterback when he was starting in NFL games. So now we go to the Washington football team, talk about the Mac Jones sweepstakes there in the teens. If, if Washington football team doesn't take him, Ryan Fitzpatrick gets wheels up, I think. Um, And he's another guy that you can acquire for cheap and he can be a quarterback too. And then if they do take a Mac Jones, I think he's right back to that quarterback three conversation where does he start half the season? Does he kind of mix in and out? He's still going to be a guy that does pretty well for fantasy for a portion of the season.
1: So Ryan Fitzpatrick, let's talk about the scenario if they take Mac Jones. Yes. That Washington football team, because that's their actual name. I wasn't even like, it's crazy. Get a name. Um, They're going to be good this year. It, It should be Dallas and Washington contending for that division title. So pulling Ryan Fitzpatrick out of that starter's position this year is not going to be easy on any coach like Ron Rivera especially because he likes veteran quarterbacks. So I think there's a very good possibility that he's going to end up playing the entire year because he's got good weapons. He's got a really good defense. He's got a weak ass division that he's going to be vying for. And you know what? Ryan Fitzpatrick just balls out. He's got a beautiful beard. I don't know what I'll say about him, Um, but I really think he's going to start. If you are in a format, like a best ball format, and you're a contender and you, I'm trading a late two for him. And I don't even care if I'm a contender because he's going to have those absolute monster weeks where, you know, McLaurin catches a deep one uh, and then he throws two touches on Logan Thomas and Samuel gets well, whatever. It doesn't matter. The Eagles defense is going to be trash. The Giants defense is a little bit better, but Dallas, ugh, that defense, garbage. So hey,
0: we're working on it. We're working yeah, on
1: it. Well, you're not really, though, because you, you're not going to have a lot of money left after this DAC thing. So it d- doesn't even matter. But that's my point about it is Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to put up good starter numbers again. So I know we're a dynasty podcast, but if you're in redraft, you're going to be able to get Ryan Fitzpatrick crazy late and probably just start him uh, and you'll be good to go. But if you're in a best ball format, I do not hesitate giving something up, like, you know, especially if it's a one QB. Now, I should preface that, okay? If it's a one QB, the late two, I'm doing it all day just because I want to win. But, no, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be really good in Washington.
0: Tom, any guys that you like, uh, either from a contender's uh, standpoint, like you just brought up, or just anybody that maybe that we haven't gone over yet?
1: So, Josh Reynolds is a really interesting one because he goes to Tennessee and he basically fills in. Uh, Corey Davis's position. Um, He's not going to necessarily be Corey Davis of this year. I don't think, but Josh Reynolds has always been a guy who has been sneaky good um, as an NFL player. And he gets you, you know, decent fantasy points every now and again Um, as a wide receiver two now, which he's always been a wide receiver three. We'll, we'll see a volume uptick hopefully because who knows if they're going to run the ball, (laughs) A million times, like they always do. Um, but Josh Reynolds is a buy for me just because what, what do you mean, you're able to get Josh Reynolds for? A three?
0: Oh, gosh, I, I hope a four.
1: Because yeah, here's, like, here's
0: the flip side, Tom. Right now looks good. What happens after the draft? If they draw. Oh, I know.
1: That's my third, big thing. Third, so third
0: right. round, they take Tylen Wallace. How do you feel about Josh Reynolds now? You, you don't feel worse. anything. You don't feel anything. So that's why I'm scared yeah, about the buy.
1: Yeah, so that's the, that's the big thing with this time period. So you're getting to the point where combine should already be over in a normal year. Um, then you have pro days, etc. And now there's a dead period for fantasy. So you have your dead period for fantasy after the Super Bowl, whatever, and then after combine and pro days. Right now, there's probably not a lot of movement in your leagues at all because now everybody is like, okay, I'm going to wait until I get landing spots. Before it's, I want picks, I want picks, I want picks. People are trading their picks, and now they're just like, nah, I, I'm just gonna hold. So you have to blow people away, and then people are gonna get rookie fever right after the draft. So it's so tough. Like Josh Reynolds, I own a couple shares of him, but he's I'm not relying on, on him for anything. But again, if you're I don't mind a third, a late third.
0: The way, the way I kind of view free agency, and this is kind of a, a crux because there are quarterbacks that I like. There's some top-end talent, especially at the wide receiver and running back position that I've already talked about. I, I enjoy how they've either landed with the same team or you know the, they've been franchised. Most of the rest of these guys after the top four-ish wide receivers, after the top two-ish running backs – they're basically all sells for me, Tom. And the reason being, especially wide receiver, it's such a good wide receiver class that half of these situations are going to get murky after the draft. I mean, we look at uh, the Jets. I can see them bringing somebody in. The Pats, I can see them bringing someone in, even though they brought in two subpar wide receivers. You know, You talk about just a lot of these situations, and I think – they're just gonna get worse. Josh Reynolds. The, the Titans are not going into the season they, they with AJ Brown and Josh Reynolds and Raymond Khalif Raymond or whoever. You know, I don't even. I'm a d- yeah. dynasty guy, and I don't even know who their third wide receiver is. That means they're gonna draft somebody, and that's why I think anybody signing a deal and people are like, "Hey, I'd maybe do a third for him." I'm gonna flip the script and do the opposite of you. I will would take your third for Josh Reynolds because I honestly think. He'll, he'll just move down the depth chart after the rookie draft. But that's just me.
1: So, but uh, again, that's how trades get done because <laughs> otherwise trades would never get done. Um yeah. and
0: that's why I win trades versus you,
1: punk. Listen, son, who won <laughs> that league?
0: Well, let's be fair, okay? You inherited money.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't exactly do anything with transforming uh, my team. I guess did, you did I?
0: You did. You did. You did go out and get a lot. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But guess what? Someone's got some money burning a hole in their pocket. They're gonna spend for some rookies. <laughs> Dude, I'm just sitting here on a stack of fat cash. You thought you the Patriots threw out some change? Watch this cheddar flow.
1: And you're going to spend Kendrick Bourne dollars on a, a redo of Keyshawn Vaughn. So I don't even want to hear uh, about you having will. all this cheddar. Okay, I, I, so I, can't, I, can't, I honestly can't wait to see it because I've never been in an auction. And I can't wait to see Robbie over overspending on some
0: shit. Tracer. Or, you know, like, uh, market, mark right now. I'm going to overspend
1: on Tracer. And... <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, but so one guy we haven't really like talked about was Corey Davis. Uh, we thought he was turning into the wide receiver that we wanted him to be, except AJ Brown was there. So we couldn't fully get there. Um, do you think it's possible for him to reach, you know, those limits and actually stop being a disappointment in fantasy now that he's on the jets? I don't know if people are going to say it's an upgrade. A lot of people saw it and said, Ooh, however, we have Mike LaFleur there. He was the passing game coordinator for Kyle Shanahan in, in San Francisco had some pretty good su- success considering that situation. Uh, his brother's Matt LaFleur, who Corey Davis previously had played for as an offensive coordinator in Tennessee. I kind of like that move, and I'm not going to be surprised if they go out and add another wide receiver because they should, but I think a lot of targets are going to get funneled to him. So what do you, where are you on Corey Davis right now?
0: Again, kind of going back to the outside the top four guys, I think a lot of these guys are sells for me. I do like the Michael Flohr uh, offensive system. I think they're going to run a lot of crossing routes. I think they're going to do a lot of things, getting people in motion. Um, I do think that bodes well for Mims and bodes well for Corey Davis. It's not the Jets uh, of Adam Gase land, of Adam Gase years, yesteryears. But God. this feels like a guy that's just going to be Oh yeah, you know Corey Davis went off weeks one and two. He disappeared weeks three, four, five. He gives you a good week six, week seven. He's dead. Week eight, he's back alive. You know what I mean? I just feel like Corey Davis is going to be a player that I'm never really confident starting. I feel like Mims will have his week. Jamison Crowder will have his weeks, and I just I think again he just gets this big contract, three years, thirty-seven and a half mil. You can talk yourself into him being awesome for Jets in this new offensive system. I think I prefer to sell. I, I honestly, if he and, and Denzel Mims are going around the same price, I'll take the three years younger guy in Denzel Mims, who I think that has a Corey Davis-like level right now and can shoot even higher after he you know continues to refine a little bit.
1: So I'm going to give you some guys and tell me who you'd rather have. Corey Davis or Jalen Rager?
0: Jalen Rager. You know, you know I'm, I'm probably bigger on Jalen Rager than you are.
1: I just hate the Eagles right now. So, don't nah, worry. I know you do. Uh, Henry Ruggs, probably Henry Ruggs. Oh, Gallup? no.
0: I'm, I'm not a Henry Ruggs. Hold on. Let's let's just set the Go record ahead. straight. I'm not All a Henry right. Ruggs guy. Um I, I think he's a better NFL player than he is a fantasy player. I've never been about those boomer bust wide receivers and I'm n- no different with Henry Ruggs. Definitely Corey Davis.
1: Okay, Michael Gallup?
0: That that he, that's the guy. Corey Davis is Michael Gallup. That's a perfect name. Because in this in this Cowboys offense, that that's an even better offense than the Jets, right? And you still aren't sure if you can ever start Michael Gallup because there's other names there. He has the talent. We saw Corey Davis finally flash with that talent, but I just don't feel like it's gonna be consistent enough where I want to do it. I'd rather package him and and somebody else um, and, and go up and get just a bona fide stud. I'd trade Corey Davis and Curtis Samuel for Kenny Galladay in a heartbeat, you know, get two of these middling guys off my team upgrade to a guy that I think is going to produce three weeks out of four. And, and that's, that's a move I'll make.
1: All right. I like, and I, I can't really argue with that because that's kind of where I'm at with them too. Uh, I think I like Corey Davis a little bit more than you, uh, but um, that's mainly because of volume. But again, we have to see what they do in the draft before we do anything. I, again, I'm at this point, I'm at a holding pattern. As far as buying players, I will sell players to get picks, but I'm not really going to buy up players. Um, Robbie, do you have your crystal ball out?
0: Uh, Hold on one second. Crystal ball here.
1: All right, good. Thank you. Um, Starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints this year in 2021 will be Oh,
0: I was waiting. You know, this, this should be the main event. We've had our opening wrestling match. We've had our good matches, our ladder match. And now we have the grand finale, the matchup between Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, baby. I'm all for it. I'm ready for it. There's two camps. And I said this in the pod last week when I was rolling solo, there's two camps on Twitter and I love seeing the back and forth because both are just thinking the other side is crazy. You have Jameis Winston fans that are saying, there's no way Taysom Hill can be the starting quarterback. Have you seen how he throws the football? He's a dual threat. He's 32 and only thrown X amount of passes. And then you see the Taysom Hill fans, and they say, Jameis Winston, he throws 30 interceptions. He doesn't have what it takes to be a starting quarterback. Who did they go to when Drew Brees got injured? They went to Taysom Hill. You know They go back and forth, and you know what? I kind of fall in the middle. I I fall in the middle, and I know that's a hedge bet, but – I'm fine with both of these guys on my team because they both carry value right now. And I think Jameis Winston wins the job, which means I'm hanging on to Jameis Winston because I think he wins the job. But B, Taysom Hill isn't going to go away. He was getting snaps when a hall of famer was at the helm. What do you think is going to happen when Jameis Winston's at the helm? He's probably going to get more of these loosey goosey snaps, right? Like he's definitely going to have a role. He has a chance to win the job. So that gives him value in super flex. He can be your QB three. And then I love Jameis Winston because I think personally he wins the job, which makes him a QB3 for me as
1: well. You made this argument really fucking depressing because I literally feel exactly the same way. Yeah. Uh but again, Taysom's not going away. And if you own Jameis or Tayson, buy the other one. Why not? Figure it figure it out. Just figure a trade out and get both, just to have them both. Um Especially if you own Jameis, just acquire Taysom. Uh, but uh, you look over the Saints are losing a playoff game, and Drew Brees is literally, literally standing there next to Jameis, saying, "This is your team now," and you can read his lips saying that shit. So that was pretty telling to me. I think Jameis sitting the entire year is going to be really beneficial for him. I think he grew up a lot. He completely changed his body type, by the way. Like he was,
0: yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: that. <laughs> So he he got into something, whatever it was. Hopefully it wasn't juice, he,
0: the juicer. Yeah,
1: hope. Yeah, you know, sometimes you got to do a juice cleanse, Robert. Uh, but it's perfectly fine. But I I think <laughs> I would be getting Jason Jamus if I could. What are you like selling? What are you buying those guys? Selling those those guys for? So you own Jamus and you want to go out and get on, What are you willing to spend in, uh, in a super flex? I- a two.
0: Yeah, you can't you can't do a one. Uh, my my threshold for a one is I think they're gonna start sixteen games,
1: right yeah. outside yeah, of injury, agree. right?
0: Because you can never predict injury. That's kind of okay. my just catch all thing, right? Is this guy's gonna start sixteen games for me, and, and then okay. then you kind of work from there. And neither of these guys I can quite say that for, uh, and so it's less than a first. And I think then we're talking probably a mid second. Um, here here, let's put some some comparison on it. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Cam Newton, Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston. On the spot, rank those four.
1: Jameis, Cam, Taysom, Fitz.
0: And Fitz is down there, I'm assuming, because of the age. You're like, there's no yeah, way it. he can do a that's it. second I, season. I think he grade.
1: honestly outperforms all those guys this year. Maybe Jame, and Jameis gets that job. I think Jameis outperforms Fitz. But. I think Fitz is going to outperform Cam, to tell you the truth.
0: And, and I think I'm pretty close there. I might have Cam over Jameis just because right now, I don't think there's competition. There could be – again, I don't want to rehash that, but I'll have yeah. Cam over him right now. Obviously, we'll drop him down if they bring somebody in. But I'd have pretty same to you. I'd have Cam, um, then I'd have Jameis, then I'd have Fitzy, then I'd have Taysom Hill. Yeah, it's really interesting. And so if you kind of go that ladder, I'm going early second for Cam right now, mid second for Jameis, then probably late second for both those last two guys. So yeah, that's so, that's kind of how I value them.
1: So the if funny I'm part selling, if I'm selling. Right. So the funny part is if Taysom wins that job, I'm not paying the price that I am for Jameis. No matter what. Because I, I don't think he's a long term solution there and i think james could be
0: he is the one guy that i think could be a long-term solution out of the four of them
1: right which maybe is a reason
0: why he you you are correct that he should be over cam because he has that ceiling still where cam's right. ceiling for that is probably pretty minimal
1: right well his i mean he can't throw like up into a ceiling and hit it because his shoulder is literally almost off his body
0: Let's see when he has some weapons. Let's see when he has some weapons. Okay. He was throwing to freaking uh
1: Damir Bird and Listen. Who else? Who else did he have? Bill I mean, went out there and said, Josh, what do you need? And Josh said, I need Cam Newton back and guys they can catch the ball within six yards of the line of scrimmage.
0: Yes. Well, Aguilar's <laughs> got some deep deep shots.
1: Oh no. Um, they so Johnny can run deep, Aguilar can run deep, Cam can't throw it that far
0: fair all right tom anybody else that we need to cover go over um just some quick names we haven't talked about you just talk about any of them if you want to Kenyon drake jamal williams carlos
1: dead jamal williams jamal williams is jamal williams wherever he goes and that's unfortunate kyle rudolph the giants are ridiculous dude they paid him seven mil a season for (laughs) two years what is happening and then they still, after they said, okay, your foot, your foot's going to fall off, but you'll be ready for week one. Okay, we'll still give you the same contract.
0: God, they hate Evan Ingram, uh, man.
1: Well, they just hate themselves. It's not hating Evan Ingram. They hate themselves. Um, I, I mentioned Brashad Perryman briefly. One, I will talk about A.J. Green, Arizona. being oh, opposite of deandre hopkins is really interesting to me because if aj green can stay healthy he can have one of those like renaissance years that you see you know larry fitzgerald oh holy shit i'm talking about it at arizona cardinal that's weird um have where you know you think their value's gone because they've been hurt or injury prone or they don't have a quarterback whatever and then they have two or three really good years so aj green's a really good one i like that fit in arizona um yeah let me let me hit
0: on that real quick go ahead yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, someone asked in, in one of my chats, you know, would you rather have – I think it was honestly the 4'11 or A.J. Green. And I, cool. and, I just, and I said, here's the thing. A.J. Green is past prime. Everyone gets that. And everybody just – once you're done and you've missed a year, everyone thinks it's it's gone, it's over. And while that might be true for A.J. Green, your 4'11 is going to be a Dalton Keene – Devin Asiasi, who are these other four? So I just named two tight ends, but
1: uh, Dude, you're, you're, your 411 might not make the team.
0: Right. And and, and so the, the only fourth round I think that worked out last year was Gabe Davis. Other than that, all of your fourth rounds were, were misses last year. You probably cut them because they're not no longer on your taxi squad. So your 411's useless. Now, can I see a world where AJ Green has some good weeks? Yes. He had 104 targets last year. He was kind of banged up, you know, coming off his forever injury, right, where he missed an entire season and a half. And now he's on a new spot behind Hopkins. Kirk is in the mix there, but Hopkins misses four weeks. A.J. Green, you can flip him for a second. You know what I mean? Like, they're a late second. So I just think there's definitely – You also
1: didn't have – I'm sorry. You didn't have Joe Burrow throwing him the ball in all those games.
0: Right. So, yeah, I I definitely think there's a a world where – he can outproduce a four eleven. That's probably going to be somebody that doesn't really give you many snaps. So, just just a a tip out there from from Robbie Jeffries to Dynasty owners. I trade my fourth almost every year. I I rarely ever take a fourth round pick. I would rather get a free agent uh, that didn't get drafted than take a fourth. Sometimes get a vet. I get I got Giovanni Bernard last year for a fourth. I've gotten Tim Patrick for a fourth. And these are guys that aren't sexy names, but they they start games for you and they and they win some weeks for you.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely do that because I don't own a lot of fourths unless you know I can draft Devys with it.
0: Yep. Tom, is that going to do it for this beautiful free agent frenzy that is coming to a close?
1: I think it's good. I have to get up early and go uh, administer some tests. Believe it or not, I'm going to go. You know. Be a proctor, if you will, to some inmates. Let's get them some, you know, ed 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 edification, as as I say. Edification. We'll get it through.
0: I want you to go over pronunciations of NFL players, starting with uh, Taysom Hill, and then moving to DJ Chark.
1: Taysom. Moving to Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk. It's pronounced Ayuk. I'm sorry, guys
0: so yeah no that sounds like a great time Uh, i hope they all pass you know we are getting excited to to kind of turn our attention back to rookies tom and i had some great guests on we talked about quarterbacks we talked about rookie running backs we talked about rookie wide receivers we have not gotten to the rookie tight end class because we wanted to give you guys more names than just the top three guys that everybody talks about we want to give you those three a couple more Um, so we're excited to do that as well and then we're going to start diving into these players uh, a little bit more in depth. So there's a lot of more rookie content coming on. We're going to talk about pro days on Friday with your boy, Cody Kutz, and our newest addition to the TFA squad, Christian Welch. So stay tuned for a live Friday show. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, this has been Robbie Jeffries at NFL Robbie and Tom Corson at Dynasty Infidel on the Twitters the coming at you with the TFA oh, squad. Soon-day the
1: well come, they bring us sugar and tea and rum One day when the tongue in his we'll take our leave and go Soon-day the well come,
0: they bring us sugar and tea and rum One day when the tongue in his we'll take our leave and go She had not been two weeks from shore When down under our eight wheel bore The captain called all hands on score We take
1: take that that whale and tow Soon may the
0: whale man come to bring us sugar and tea